0: Hello and welcome back to India on 99.94, the home of Cricket Audio. I'm your host, Nikesh Ruggani, broadcaster, journalist, commentator from the UK, and my co-host, Sara Waris, uh, journalist for Wisdom in India, alongside me. uh, Sara, how are you?
1: I'm good. Been a hectic few days, but yeah, doing good. How are you?
0: Yeah, it's it's been very hectic here in the UK as well. Obviously, you know, we touched on it in the last episode, the, the death of the... The Queen, obviously, still on everyone's mind and still affecting sport. Um, But sport did go ahead at uh, the weekend. Not all sport football was called off. Cricket did continue, though, and and that obviously included the first T20 international between England and India. Um, I was there. I was commentating for the BBC um, on TMS, and Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't really the ideal start. Uh, for India up in Durham I mean just to put things into context as well look cricket is played in September in England but you know usually not international cricket or maybe you might get one odd test match at the end of the summer played in September as we saw with uh, England men versus South Africa Um, and that happens that has been happening for the last 20 years or so um, going into September but For a Women's International Series to start in September is very rare. Obviously, the 100 has taken place in England and and all those types of things. But we're in the north of England, right? We're in Durham, right in the northeast. Uh, For those who don't know the geography of England too well, it's quite close to Scotland. You're you're heading right up there, almost getting a nosebleed. That's how high you're going. And it's cold. It was wet. There was a delayed start by half an hour because it had been raining all day. It was just it just wasn't cricket conditions it was autumn in north england basically that's the best way to sum it up not ideal cricket conditions you could see the indians were struggling with a bit of that but what a what a humiliation on the face of it really england just just rampant without some of their biggest players as well
1: yeah and you know just the issues which we've spoken about so much the collapses the fielding the drop catches uh it all just you came to the fore again and it was just terrible for the ones who were awake till 4 a.m it was just you know you rather would have caught up on sleep because yeah the timings first of all the timings of the series is very weird like not weird i think the uh, the matches do begin at 11.30, 12 a.m. So it's very tough for the Indian fans to catch up on the women's cricket. So, yeah, staying up till 4 a.m. <laughs> to watch that is just... Yeah, yeah.
0: For, for anyone that did stay up till 4 a.m. Yeah. in India, well done to you. Uh, you. You are probably among the most dedicated Indian uh, cricket supporters around. Um, I, I mean, it wasn't 4 a.m. in England, of course, uh, but we were there till about half past 10 at night, and it was just... it. I was excited, you know, initially going up there, start of a series, get to see, you know, some of the world's best players in action. We've seen some of them this summer in the Commonwealth Games and um, the Indians, obviously, with a, a great track record in recent big tournaments in T20 mm-hmm. cricket as well. World Cup finalists, Commonwealth Games finalists as well. England without several of their uh, best players, Heather Knight not playing. She's injured and that Siver pulling out for mental health reasons as well, um, Catherine Brunt not involved in the T20 series as well. She'll be back for the ODIs, we think. But it it, it just didn't go to plan at all. I mean, the whole weekend, to, to be honest, right, the, the weekend I was really looking forward to it. Get up on Sunday, go and cover the international, hopefully see a great game of cricket, some good individual performances. Then on Sunday, I was due to go to Derby, where the team are playing the next T20 international an interview for the uh, England women's cricketers um, and and the BBC is showing that game uh, live on Tuesday. So I was going to be on TV, they were going to use this piece Mm. with me and these four young cricketers. India get hammered on Saturday night, then I get a call on Sunday morning saying that actually they've decided that Kate Cross, senior member of the T20 side, she's going to step in now and interview her teammates, so, Um. so I don't need to worry about it and I can go home. So. <laughs> yeah, it just it, the whole weekend didn't go to plan, and I know it's not all about me, um, but but you know the occasion. Mm. Let's talk about the occasion as well. Obviously, following the death of Queen Elizabeth II, there was no advertising, just like at the men's test match. So all the advertising hoardings were black with just "We are England cricket." There was no boundary sponge. There was no music on the night, so you know that was on the PA system, of course. But that meant that Indian fans, I think, were advised don't bring in any dolls and stuff it's just not that kind of uh, occasion i mean it was still was a good atmosphere there was good indian support there but they had the minute silence at the start of the game and then the playing of the british national anthem um which was interesting because usually i i was under the impression that even at t20 internationals nowadays you you play both national anthems yeah. as a matter of course but apparently according to the ecb It's not protocol in T20 internationals to play both national anthems. You can if you're at a tournament, an Asia Cup or a World Cup or whatever it might be. Um, But it's not protocol. So they just played God Save the King as it is now. Um, And it was it it was good to see everybody sort of getting into the spirit of things. It was quite a sombre start to the game. And then the atmosphere really picked up. And there was good appreciation from the India fans for the good cricket that England played and vice versa for periods as well. Um, but England winning the toss. Uh, I just have one point
1: to that, add to that. You spoke yeah. about the national anthem and, and all. None of it was televised in India. Uh, directly, you know, the toss was wasn't shown as well. So directly, you know, the first uh, glimpse of the match we saw was the first uh, first delivery. So you know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The the that the post match and all. None of it was shown. So. That's how it's been. It's not a one-off. This is how it's always been. Even for the Commonwealth Games, I think the first match, the toss and all wasn't shown only from, you know, the second match when it got a little bit of backlash. Uh, then the toss and then Veda Krishnamurti came in for uh, the analysis and all. So, yeah, it's just been a trend to, you know, just keep women's cricket on the back. Is it Sony?
0: Sony, Sony uh, have the rights, yep, don't they, for, yep, Sony. for England yep. uh, home matches? But this
1: happened in the um, World Cup, also. and then also. the
0: Commonwealth Games. Who, who was Sony who was also? But that? this
1: happened in the okay. uh, World Cup also. Uh, star. So uh, it just cut through after after India lost the last match. Uh, you obviously you know wanted to see their emotions, and India lost. They were out. Uh, it was Mithali Raj's last uh, international match, and you know the. Oh, interview after the match and all with Mithali Raj. None of it was shown. It was directly cut right after the last ball and onto some... I think Ravi Shasti was there. I'm not sure what oh, what the next show was, but yeah, it was directly cut after that to show the... I think men's were playing then. I'm not really sure what was... what. I mean, that's yeah. ridiculous, yeah. to be honest.
0: That, that is... <laughs> that's the good thing about being in England and and Sky Sports, who show most of the the home international cricket here, the BBC show the odd uh, match as well. But Sky have everything. Sky show every international home match, uh, men or women. And women's cricket has been on Sky, I remember, for I think they celebrated their 20th anniversary last year. So they've been and and they do it properly. You know, it's not just we tune in for the first ball (laughs) and the last ball and that's it. They do the analysis. They have the teams there. There was a good team of of Sky Sports pundits at the match in Durham as well, and they did the pre match, the post match. You know, it, it's all done properly, as it should be. Yeah. You know, this is these are cricketers in India representing yeah. the country. They're stars now, aren't they? You know, we're talking about Smriti and people like that on commentary, and she she's a poster girl in India. You know, th- these are massive, massive names over there people know who they are people want to watch them people who are interested in great okay it's 4am so maybe you could understand for that particular match that being done just given the time of day but if you're taking a world feed then you might as well just continue to take the world do you know what I mean you're not doing any extra work it's not like people are having to stay around in a studio and, and talk for an extra hour um and I'm surprised Star Sports would do that at a World Cup because yeah. in the men's Asia Cup
1: mm-hmm. they
0: have like 16 hours of build up yeah. don't they yeah. <laughs> for, for like India Pakistan even ahead of the first game of the group stages which was was it Afghanistan or was it Sri Lanka Afghanistan and Sri Lanka remember. Played, I think yeah so ahead of that game all they're talking about for six hours the day before India Pakistan yeah. is India Pakistan. So they can do that 24 hours before for a men's game. Um it's just yeah, baffling, really, yeah. and, and not how it should be. Um yeah. but the match did get underway. England won the toss, decided to have a bowl first, and um India look, they they got off to a reasonable start, didn't they? With, with Smithy hitting the ball around nicely, 23 from 20 deliveries, uh, Shafali didn't quite get going as she would have usually liked, but she doesn't have to have that pressure all on her shoulders now. She can take her time, get set and, and not just get herself out in stupid ways like she has done in the past, just because of the way Smithley's batting and does bat in this format at the top of the order. Um, but at the fall of that Smriti-Mandana wicket, it was just kind of like a snowball effect, really. And they, they never really got going. Did well in the end to post 132 for seven. Dipti um, Sharma with 29 not out at the end as well. There were good contributions as well. Harman with 20 from 15. Richard Gosh played a couple of nice shots as well. That slap for six, that slog sweep over mid-wicket um, impressed me particularly as well. Um, there was a little bit of expectation around... Uh, it's great to see him make a debut as well. Girin and But I was with Deep Dasgupta on commentary and he's obviously seen more of her than me. We don't really get the challenge games shown live here and stuff. Um, And, you know, he's seen a lot more of her, basically, raving about her when the team was announced, but absolutely frustrated to the max that she wasn't sent in in the power play at number three, maybe, because, you know, Hemlata was promoted. She's not, you know, she's early into her career, but she's not got a great... Record she seven matches averaging five, you know, coming into that particular match. So you know, not exactly the calibre of person you'd say. All right, well, you know, we can't move anybody above her. She was moved up to number three, didn't quite work out, and then Navgida comes in way down the order at number six, and it just felt like a little bit too late. Just given her style of play, the attacking nature as well, she would have benefited, you feel, of just batting in those early overs with the fielding yeah. restrictions.
1: Yeah, and also, uh, you know, the absence of Jemma again was... Uh, it, we we got to see how, what Jemma brings to the table. Uh, her absence, you know, is just uh, India... Do- have, don't have that anchor without her. So, uh, I was just looking at some stats and, you know, the top three or four, they average around 30 when Jemma is in the team and without her, the average is 21. So, you know, probably just the uh, having Jemma in the side gives even the likes of Mandana and Harmanpreet, Shafali the liberty to play a little more freely. Himalata, hey, yeah, he, she's not the... Best number three, Karan Navgire, could have been promoted. But then again, you know, she, it was a debut. She struggles against pace. Uh, we saw it in the game. So, um, yeah. I, uh, and probably, I think they are looking for finishers in the side. They've struggled with a lot of finishers. Um, they don't have finishers, Uh it, over the years, we've seen that it's just the top three or four. So, probably current Navgire is in the side to be that finisher going forward. Probably that's why she was not promoted because Jemma, I think, will be at number three. Um, Richa Ghosh, I was happy to see her play. We've spoken a lot about, you know, having specialist keepers in the side, etc. Um, with Shefali, uh yeah, she's young and all, but I would still like more consistency in her game. It's almost like the she does well. She has strike rates of 150, 160s, but has not scored a 50, Uh, last scored a 50 almost uh, 12 months ago, which, uh, you know, for an opener... Especially if someone so talented like her, you expect more from her and with Mandana going so well at the other end. She doesn't need to take on the pressure, as you said. And, you know, she can just uh, play freely. And it's time, I think, she starts getting more consistent and also starts getting a better fielder because she dropped a catch. She uh, wasn't the best on the field again. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll get onto the fielding in a moment because that was just yeah. absolutely embarrassing. It was it was horrible to watch. Um, just before we do talk about India's bowling and fielding, uh, just a reminder that ninety nine point nine four. More than just this podcast, uh, you can listen to a wide variety on our network. Uh, those uh, podcasts from other countries as well. Uh, do tune in to Sri Lanka on ninety nine point nine four. Uh, I'm sure uh, they would have either just had. An episode dropped or one to be dropping soon on the Asia Cup final victory. Uh, What a victory that was uh, for Sri Lanka over Pakistan in the final. So six times winners now. Just one behind India and Pakistan. Uh, Again, struggle uh, on the big stage at the Asia Cup. Not got a great record over the years. Uh, West Indies on 99.9 for South Africa. England as well, who uh, uh, no doubt will be talking about uh, this bizarre summer, really looks like six victories uh, out of seven as we stand here, and play is underway just on the what, final day of that Test match, the final Test against South Africa. England needing 33 to win going into this day, uh, I haven't got it on. I don't know what's happening. You'd expect them to get there with with all those wickets in hand. So uh, a, a weird summer, really, because they've not played well, but you know they've not batted well anyway. But uh, it's been one of those weird summers anyway, where the results have all gone. For them, uh, you can find all the podcasts, including Jared Kimber, who's got Red Inca, of course, uh, focusing on deep issues in the game. We've got Double Century, uh, the history of the game, on the ninety nine point nine four app, on YouTube, or via your usual podcast provider as well. I mean, it's strange, isn't it, Sarah? We we, we almost not like we don't want to talk about the Asia Cup, but India aren't there, yeah. so you know, <laughs> they they weren't there uh, following that uh, defeat to Sri Lanka, so it is what it is right it's um you know well done to Sri Lanka that's what we will say it was a, a really great turnaround from them for being hammered by Afghanistan in their first game of the tournament to then winning it and given what's going on with their country yeah. as well at the moment just uh nice for for people there to be able to to celebrate um but we'll focus on the the first T20 uh again with the uh, India making 132 for seven then, batting first. Uh, it was great bowling performance, you've got to say, from Sarah Glenn, uh, the leggy from England. Um, it was it was quite hard, actually. I, I don't know if you've ever sort of seen them playing together that often. Certainly when you're at the ground, when you're on commentary, Sarah Glenn and Sophie Eccleston, obviously when they're not bowling, when they're just out in the outfield, they're both quite tall. They've both got blonde hair, long ponytails as well. Yeah, different names and numbers on the back. But the ponytail is so long, it covers all that. So you can't, it's hard to differentiate between the two. But obviously, one's a right-arm leggy, one's a left-arm orthodox. Um, so that is the difference. But she was brilliant. And uh, Lauren Bell making her debut for England. Got a bit of a hammering at the top of the order initially and then came back uh, fairly well. And, uh, you know, Freya Davis, Bryony Smith contributing. It was a solid bowling performance from England. It was very, very helpful conditions. Initially, the ball from Lauren Bell in particular, who I know took a bit of a hammering, she got her lines and lengths a bit wrong, but the ball was swinging a lot in those early overs as well. So you expected India to do the same or be able to do the same early on. And it was all going so well in that first over until it was called a no ball when (laughs) Renika Singh took that. First wicket, or she thought she took the first wicket. It was called a no ball. It was a free hit and nothing went right for India after that. They just fell to bits in the field. Um, I mean, we've talked about ill-discipline before, haven't we? But yes, England haven't got Heather Knight. Yes, they haven't got Nat Siver in that batting lineup. But they've got Sophia Dunkley and Danny Wyatt opening the innings. Alice Capsey coming in at number three. And they were the only three they needed as it turned out. But that's still a hell of a top three. I mean, the way Capsi's been playing in the 100 is outstanding. She's 18 years old. She's already got 200 winner's medals. And she's not just been part of the team. She's contributed in a big way to those victories for the Overly Invincibles in the 100. So, you know, really quality player. Dunkley, obviously, just coming onto the scene. Danny Wyatt. People in India will know all about Danny Wyatt, probably with the Virat Kohli connection (laughs) a few years back with that faux marriage proposal on Twitter I think it was um, but a quality quality player you can't give these players second chances can you and and yeah. you know, I hate no balls I hate how can bowlers bowl you know maybe fast bowlers if they're express you know Brett Lee, Show Akhtar kind of pace Umran Malik kind of pace you can understand the odd one you know when they're giving it that real extra effort. They're running in at 100 miles an hour. But medium pacers, spinners, it's unforgivable. And to take a wicket off a no-ball, it just just summed up India's night, really.
1: Yeah, and except Renuka saying all the other uh, bowlers went for more than 10 runs and over, including Dipti Sharma, Pooja Vastrakar, Snerana. So uh, then again, last episode, we spoke about whos who... Is, who Next after Julan Goswami. Uh again, who next after Julan Goswami, you know, in conditions which were helpful. They uh the uh pacers couldn't do much. So yeah, it's uh there are a lot of issues for India to solve uh ahead of the next world event. I think the Asia Cup is next month. So um those it's just you know just The same issues keep coming back to hurt India in bilaterals. The collapses, the bowling efforts, the fielding. And it's just, you know, why why can't they do that in bilaterals? They're so good in world events. But why aren't they even 1% of that in bilaterals? They do well on and off. But when they travel abroad, they're just, you know, they're just so inconsistent. So... What's going wrong for them? Why are they so good in world events and not? Uh, they played in similar conditions in the Commonwealth Games. It was in England. So just less than a month later, why is it that, you know, they are so inconsistent and just unable to get any help at all?
0: It's frustrating. And look, there, yeah. as well as me and Deep on commentary, there are a couple of English commentators who even they had their coats on. It was yeah. that cold because it was quite late at night as well, and we're right up there in the northeast of England. So in, in September, and it was a wet day, and you know it just just wasn't pleasant. So they were feeling sorry for the Indian fielders, but you know I walked around and the and it was it was a bit nippy, but you're out there, you're in the field, you you know you're running around, you, you can keep warm enough. You just put an extra layer on or something. It wasn't that bad. I mean I've played in worse. In England in early season in April and and things like that and it's it can be really really cold and it wasn't it was it was like the daytime was about sort of between 18 and 20 degrees and it kind of dropped by four or five degrees in the evening so it's not you know I know by Indian standards that's pretty cold but try playing in England in early season in April and May sometimes and it can be like single figures and that that's when it's really cold and you've got the old school knitted jumpers on and all that kind of stuff and even then, you know, you need the hand warmers. It wasn't that bad. So complaining about those conditions, yeah. I don't think there, there's any merit in that really. It's only a T20 game as well. It's not like you're out there all day in those conditions as well. So I i don't agree with that for people saying that.
1: Yeah, and even after after the match, you know, she... The first line that she said was, I just feel we forcefully played, not 100% conditions to play. So many chances to get injured. One of our players got injured also. So we were one, one bolo shot. I think she was talking about Radha Yadav. Uh, but, you know, just that line, like she didn't uh, say we could have been better in this aspect or that aspect. Just to say that we forcefully played, uh, I think she can do better. Do you know, do you know what yeah. it
0: is? I'll tell you what it is. I was there, obviously, and she was just pissed off even before the match started. You could just tell that that face, you know, you could sense that something was up. Now, before the match, everything was being set up. The players were warming up as normal. The stumps were in the pitch. The pitch was being mowed, you know, the last minute little trim that they do. And everything was as normal, but the the four umpires, including the reserve umpire and the match referee and a couple of other official looking people, probably from the ECB, were standing around in a circle, arms folded, and you could see by the body language that they didn't think this match was going to go ahead. Now, it wasn't raining at the time. It hadn't been raining for a couple of hours in the build-up to the match, but it had been raining pretty much all day before that. Now, Durham... Yes, it's an international ground. Yes, men's internationals get played there as well. But even given all that, it's not the best draining ground in England. It's not like Lord's where it can chuck it down for six hours and then you have like 40 minutes without rain and everything's bone dry on the outfield. You know, that that is the best probably in the world at draining Lords is. But you know, there are similar ones, you know, you go to other major test grounds in England. And they drain really, really well and usually don't have to wait too long. Durham's not quite of the same ilk. It's not a bad draining ground. It's fairly modern. But, you know, it's it's a little bit more old school in that respect. When it has been raining all day, you do have to wait quite some time for it to be playable again. And I think there was a huge concern from the umpires. We then got word in our commentary box that a source basically was telling us that it's off and this was at like probably 20 past six so 10 minutes before the original toss was due to take place half an hour before the 7 p.m start and then five minutes later that same source says they've made a u-turn they're going to start at 7 30 toss at seven so half an hour delay I didn't see them do anything in that half an hour so (laughs) To be waiting, it's night time. It's not if the yeah. sun's out and it's going to dry the out. You know, it was night time, it cloud cover. You know, it, nothing's going to happen in that half an hour. So it just felt that it was all trying to force the match anyway, mm. like from the authorities' point of view. They, they were trying to force that. Maybe Herman Preet just felt that it wasn't playable and they were being forced into it. They were told one thing maybe that, it looks like it's going to be yeah. called off, and then they say no, we're going to start half an hour later. Um, so it wasn't ideal, mm. all that. But she's the captain; yeah. you, you've got to get on with it. The authorities make up their mind; you have to get on with it.
1: On the other Firstly, hand, England, yeah, the conditions were same for England. Their running between the yeah. wickets was so good; like they were diving on the field. Okay, yeah, um, I know there are injury uh, risks and all, but the conditions were exactly same for England also. So, uh, you know, just to say that we forcefully played and just from the beginning, it was like India didn't really turn up at all because they weren't in the mood to play. And from a captain, you know, now she's captain across all formats. You expect better. Like, that, you can't just say at the uh, uh, post-match why India didn't do well. And you just, the first line that you say is we forcefully played. I don't think that, the, well, it seemed the, that seemed to be to her say. mood through
0: yeah. through the whole evening, really.
1: Yeah.
0: And well, look, we talked about the fielding. The fielding was embarrassing. Yeah. It was like you know, schoolgirls could play better than that. Honestly, it was so bad, and that's got nothing to do with the conditions. I mean, the running between the wickets when India were batting was terrible as well. They're smacking into a big open gap and walking through yeah. gently for a single when they they could have almost pushed for three on occasions. It was ridiculous. So there was that. And then the fielding as well, just drop catches, misfield after misfield after misfield. Honestly, it was like almost every ball at one stage towards the end of the innings was being misfielded or there was a drop catch or there was, you know, runner opportunity where they fumbled or whatever it was. Every ball almost for a period that was happening. It was honestly embarrassing. It was, we talked about their fielding before. We joked about, is it Ramesh Bauer's biggest yeah. priority given, you know, he's, he wasn't the best fielder and all that kind of stuff. But John T. Rhodes, you said he's applied for the yeah. India men's job on so many occasions to be their fielding coach. They've got his details, the BCCI. Hit him up, send him a WhatsApp or something, get him down to coach the women because that was just horrible and we don't want to delve too much in. You know, we've talked about that. But then Harman in the field as well, wasn't giving up good vibes, was she? Yeah,
1: uh, one more point to add to that. It's not that, uh, in the Commonwealth Games final, the feeling was brilliant. There were one-handed catches, even Hulli in the olds, you know, catch last year, which just broke the net, and everyone in America was was like, oh, wow, what is cricket? And they suddenly, you know, uh, got to know what cricket is about and how can someone take a catch without gloves and also the reactions to that catch last year were hilarious uh but you know it's not that they can't do well uh they in the commonwealth games in the final the fielding was one of the highlights it was so good to see you know uh, dipti sharma taking those one handed catches and all the other fielders just chipped in and it was even Shivali varma saved a few very good uh, uh boundaries So it's not that they can't do it. Maybe, uh, you know, as we've spoken about, they're doing well in pressure situations. So it's, you know, probably, I don't know, it's why they don't do it in bilaterals. But, yeah, it's... Yeah,
0: it's bilaterals, but then it's just the inconsistency, isn't it? Because, you know, all right, they've stepped up to the plate in the Commonwealth Mm -hmm. Games, like you say. But then, in other pressure situations like World Cup Finals, yeah. they you know they fall to pieces and in those pressure situations in the field as well. So you know, swings and roundabouts, really, and also you know it might be a bilateral series, but when they were toured Australia, and you know it was a very tight series, and India could have quite easily won in both those series that they played there. Ended up being on the losing side. They were in winning positions in pretty much all the games and just threw it away in the field by poor fielding at the end, really. So it's that inconsistency, which I just can't understand. I mean, if if they couldn't be bothered yesterday, if it was just like, oh, not yesterday, but on Saturday, we're, we're here on Monday recording this. If they couldn't be bothered, then... They, they're not fit enough to wear that jersey because you're playing for your country. It doesn't matter if you've been forced to play or whatever it is. You know, you think it's too wet or too cold. You're fighting not just for your country. You're fighting for women's cricket in your country as well. You know, you talk about the broadcasters not being interested in showing the pre-match, the post-match when it's women's cricket. This is not going to help the case if the attitude isn't right as well. And that hopefully will change ahead of the second T20 Um, But it doesn't help when your captain loses the plot out there. I mean, her body language was terrible for the whole evening, really. And then that incident where she was bowling and she bowled. uh, The the bowling tactics were rubbish as well. They were bowling wide of the stumps all the time and it was so predictable and England were just hammering them through the gaps. Um, So that that was a bad tactic anyway. But Harmanpreet had that tactic. She was bowling wide of the off stump, got called for a wide, early on in the over didn't think it was a wide but it looked wide to everyone else looked wide to me and then she bowled a delivery final ball of that over which was didn't look as wide wasn't called a wide she thought it was exactly the same delivery as the one that was called wide turned around to get her cap or whatever from the umpire Paul Pollard and lost the plot, just started shouting at him and basically saying, well, that was the same delivery. Why would you call the other one a wide then? And I don't know what she was saying. Maybe she was flipping between Punjabi and English. I, I have no idea. It didn't look good. It looked ugly. It looked like she wanted to physically assault him and she had to be pulled away by Smriti Mandana, who did a really, really good job as the vice captain to calm that situation, to defuse it. Even as she pulled her away... Harman was still shouting, yeah. tried to come back in again as the umpire was going to square leg. He was trying to calm her down. Smithy thankfully calmed the whole situation down and they carried on and, and England romped home with ease in the end. Such an embarrassing defeat for India. But when your captain loses mm-hmm. the plot like that, it's not a good look and she's going to be, you would assume, hit hard in the pocket first and foremost. Mm-hmm. You might even get some sort of disciplinary action in terms of being suspended because you, you can't do that yeah. to umpires. I mean, even questioning a decision is seen these days as dissent and you can get suspended for that. This is literally going for the umpire in his face, shouting the odds. Yeah. You can't do that. And and as a captain, you shouldn't be able to do that. And if, if you know, I'll be honest, you know, even as an Indian cricket supporter, if I was the authorities. I would step in and, and take action.
1: Yeah. And um, there was another incident with Tharman Kaur in the Commonwealth Games where uh, she got angry with an umpire over some decision. I don't really remember what it was, uh, but it was a very animated chat and, you know, she was shouting and everything at the umpire, which again, you know, uh, yeah, being the captain, Virat Kohli got so much of flag for, you know, just he... I don't remember an incident where he shouted at the umpire in this way. He, there were a few glares and all, but he got criticised for those glares also. So, uh, you know... <laughs> but
0: there's a way of doing it, yeah, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, look, everybody, uh, yeah. you know, I've I've played to a high level and I didn't like umpires at times. You, you felt particular umpires might be making either wrong decisions or just be slightly against you in some way. And, you know, at the international level, look, you've got to hope that these days with all the technology that's available as well that they are being as fair as they can they're going to make mistakes at times I don't think he made a mistake last night and it's such a petty thing isn't it when you're getting hammered like that
1: yeah.
0: you know one run that was signalled a wide you know it's in the context of the game it wasn't a big moment but it's just the culmination of the whole evening looked to have she'd had enough and she needed to blow up and that's how she did it and that you can't do that and the way Coley did it he used to have animated chats with the umpires and it looked as though he was talking loudly, but often it'd be in full stadium, so he'd have to raise it. It's just his expressions. Mm-hmm. He looked very expressive when he was talking, but he was he wasn't hurling abuse at the umpires, if you see what I mean, yeah. until his final test match where he did lose the plot and he talked into the mic yeah. and accused the South African broadcasters of controlling the DRS and whatever, which, you know, he'd he'd had a difficult time mentally and he lost the plot, basically, on the field. And we all yeah. attest to that. Later,
1: he said he faked his intensity. So that probably was an incident where it did look like he was faking his intensity, you know, just to get under the skin of the South Africans. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: that, plus I just think the whole captaincy debacle yeah. with everything, it was just it was it got too much and you know that i don't know if that was fair. i think that was just a natural reaction and just something which he would regret if he looked back at if you asked him a couple of years down the line do you regret that incident yeah he he would regret mm-hmm. that incident i i feel um and Preach should regret this as well because the way she did it i've i've seen other cricketers do i've never seen virat kohli do that because usually he was he had the intensive chats with the umpires but then you'd see him having a, a joke and a laugh with yeah. the umpires as well. So th- there's a balance, isn't there? You you can question decisions sometimes if you know why why is that not out or why you know whatever. Um, but as long as the umpires are consistent, that's all you yeah. want. And I, I felt there was nothing wrong in what Paul Pollard did, and you know hopefully we don't see any more incidents like that in the future. But it'd be interesting to see what happens to Harman Um so had assuming she plays of course uh, and she she doesn't get suspended um ahead of that second t20 international how can india improve i mean <laughs> they need to improve every department yeah. don't they uh,
1: first of all i would just uh, uh there's meghana sitting on in the uh, on the bench and she had she's had a very uh good 2022, where uh, she played the series against New Zealand, she was giving India a very good start. So, I just want her to, you know, uh, come into the 11. I'm not sure in place of who, probably Himalata. Uh But I would really want to see her in the 11 because, you know, with Mandana, Shafali, Meghna, Harman Kaur, then Kiran Navgire to follow Richa Ghosh, at least it feels that there is some firepower in the side than with Dipti Sharma and Pooja Vastakal Snerana can chip in. Uh, that would be a better 11 in my side. It was not the worst 11 that uh, they fielded, but uh, with Meghna, I would really want her to play because she's done well and India kind of need those aggressors. Uh, and I also wa- I hope that they stick with Navgire also because... Uh, this team is known for making weird selections dropping weird players, uh dropping players for no reasons and uh, so i would like her to get an extended run and yeah just these two i'm not sure what radha yadav's fitness is uh, like what's the status on her fitness um hope she We will never know. Yeah, we'll never we will never know. We will
0: never know. It's the BCCI they yeah. uh, they rarely tell us about
1: the Men's team, yeah. let alone the
0: women's team. What's the, the weird is, is poor.
1: Yeah, sorry for cutting you, but what's weird is Gemma Rodriguez is uh, still in Bangalore. You uh, yes. told me the other day, but she's still in the squad. You know, no replacement has been named. Nothing has been named, so uh, she's still in the squad. And yeah, she's just, she's not
0: going to play. She's
1: yeah.
0: from from what I hear, she'll remain in Bangalore. I mean, it's, you know, it's too much now to come over yeah. for a couple of matches. Obviously, they've got the ODIs as well, but. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. So it looks like she's going to miss the entire um, tour of England uh, this time around. And and we wish her well in her recovery, but it'd be great if the BCCI could just communicate things to us, journalists, uh, a little bit better. And in turn, obviously, the fans as well, who, who are keen to know on the fitness of these big players ahead of big series. So, look, India trailing them by... 1 0 in this three match T20 series. ODI is to come after that as well. We're also expecting the men's T20 World Cup squad to be announced today as we sit here, expecting, you know, again, it's the BCC yeah. show. <laughs> It will be announced at some time, but you know, alarm say you know it doesn't matter when we'll just send out a press release at midnight. What's it's funny fine. is, um, yeah, so we'll the see.
1: meeting is post lunch and the announcement is post dinner, which is you know just BCCI things. <laughs> the <laughs> best was thing. I remember. What was, are they doing in between then? I remember. Uh, so, I think the squad for South Africa was announced on thirty first December at ten thirty PM, and you know yeah. nothing can top that. Uh, I was working that day. I had a flight next day. I was going to meet my friends for New Year's. I was like, okay, let's wrap this up only. Then Sunday the squad comes in at 10.30. I had to extend my working hours. Just BCCI things. So, yeah.
0: It's ridiculous. So, do, what time do the BCCI normally have lunch, do we think? About 12? If they say post-lunch, you'd imagine 12, right? Yeah. So 12 to 1 is probably lunch. Or is it, I don't know, it's a bit later in India.
1: Oh, usually 1.30.
0: All right, so they du- yeah. they have it at 1.30. Yeah. So well, I give them an hour till 2.30. Then dinner's quite late in India, isn't yeah. it? It's not Nine like in D. England where it's yeah. like 6, 7. Nine yeah, so it's like, yeah, what the hell are they? What the hell are they doing in all that time? Is there, never... Are there drinks at this meeting? Are they having a party? Or You know, they'll discuss yeah. the squad for a couple of hours, but surely they'll have an idea, right? So Roy Sharma mm-hmm. would come on the call, you'd imagine, as well. Or does he not? Oh, I, I think he
1: does. I think he does.
0: Yeah, yeah, the captain usually comes on the call, right? Yep. Um, so they'll come on the call. They'll have the selectors. And how, how long are you going to discuss this for? I mean, probably an hour tops. Maybe. maybe they'll discuss it for an hour. Maybe they'll have one or two question marks. They'll say, all right, let's yeah. have a think for an hour. We'll come back. That might be the most of it. I mean, they might even just decide within that first hour. But post-dinner in India is quite late. Yeah. So, yeah, you might be looking at another 10.30 p.m. squad announcement this evening. We'll wait and see. But once that squad is announced, we'll be back. We'll record another episode. Um, We'll be back several times a week here on 99.94. So do follow us uh, either on YouTube via your podcast provider or on the 99.94 app. So, yeah, we look forward to that second T20 International. We look forward to the... uh, Men's squad being announced uh, at some point in time when the BCCI decides is fit. uh, Once they've had the post dinner, right? You (laughs) said not pre dinner, post Post dinner. dinner.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So once they've had their their three four course meal, whatever it is, um, (laughs) they'll hit send on the email list and uh, on their social media accounts as well. So uh, we'll be back with that as soon as we get news. Uh, But for now, thanks for joining us and see you next time. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94 DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of Cricket Audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94.
1: Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and sound talent media called Pit Lane Parlay.